Welcome, nerdy knights of the well-rounded table to Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take those beloved, extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms. I'm Padawan Learner and Defender of Droids, Sarah O'Connor. Welcome. Hello there. I'm Colleen McMillan, Rebel Scum Collaborator and Jedi Master, and I just need to add, may the Force be with me on this pod. And with you. <laughs> and also with you, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I am Pirate Jedi, Anders Drew, always here for a good time. Seriously. There was a weak way in this episode. I was like, oh, Anders, there's a weak way. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm your ambassador to Naboo, the princess of prequels, Flo Siegel. Not too much prequel love in this one, but I'm always That's here true. <laughs> we truly run the gamut here in terms of rank from Padawan to Knight to Master, but no matter the rank you carry, one thing does remain constant as always. Much to learn we still have. As we do that, we do. And today we are covering the Mandalorian season two finale entitled Chapter 16, The Rescue. This episode was written by John Favreau and directed by Peyton Reed. Now beware, our transponder is broadcasting a full spoiler warning for this episode and pretty much all of The Mandalorian to date, plus some wild speculation about the future of Star Wars. So, as long as you've seen the episode, grab your favorite drink from the cantina, snuggle up with the little Grogu, maybe for the last time ever, we don't know. And settle into your new, <laughs> to your new role as a galactic crime boss as we take a look at what Favreau and his team created this week. So, Sarah, can you please punch it with an episode recap? Absolutely. So, to begin with, Din and his team capture Dr. Pershing for some intel, during which time Cara Dune makes it very clear that she is tired, as are we, with all of these horrible Alderaan references. With this new information, Din and Boba recruit Bo-Katan and Koska Reeves to stop Moff Gideon in exchange for his light cruiser. The main crew crashes right into the ship's docking bay, which looked really cool. And most of the team begins raising hell, killing as many stormtroopers as possible on their way to the bridge. Meanwhile, Din managed, manages to get all but one dark trooper sucked out of the airlock and makes it to Grogu's cell. Gideon appears ready to let him walk away with the sun, but of course not. A fight breaks out between Gideon and Din, and we see the anticipation anticipated Darksaber and Beskar Spear battle, with Din capturing the big bad Moff G. On the bridge now, Moff G tries to stir up some trouble between Din, who has just won the Darksaber, and Bo, who desperately needs it. But then the Dark Troopers, who everyone now just realizes are droids that don't need to breathe and have rocket <laughs> boosters, get back onto the ship. A standoff is imminent, but an X-Wing docks with the ship and a black coated figure wielding a green lightsaber begins mowing down dark troopers. Mm -hmm. The heroes open the door and Luke, Sister Forkin Skywalker, walks in with R2-D2. Yeah. <laughs> he received Grogu's message and has come to train him. Din and Grogu share a tearful goodbye, which involves so Din removing his helmet again before Luke takes Grogu, presumably to his new budgeting Jedi Academy. In the post-credit stinger, which I didn't know it was called a stinger, so fun fact, called a stinger, oh, yes. Fennec and Boba return to Tatooine. They kill Bib Fortuna, and Boba sits on the throne, which looked so boss, once awesome. occupied by Jabba the Hutt. We are then teased that, quote, the book of Boba Fett is coming December 2021. That's for us. How about we get to those Easter eggs and connections? Anders, start us off. What are we looking at? So yeah, to start us off, a uh, little bit more of a somber note. This one isn't necessarily an Easter egg, but it is something that we absolutely want to recognize. Um, this past week, Jeremy Bullock, who was the original actor to play Boba Fett back in the original trilogy, starting in Empire Strikes Back, passed away this week. So the weight of being such an iconic character who did probably did the most with the least of like any character I've ever seen ever. Yeah. Um, I think was definitely not something that was lost on him. So we do want to recognize that loss for the fandom and we raise our glasses to him and send all of our thoughts to his friends and family. Mm -hmm. But Sarah, could you please start us off with our first actual little Easter egg? Yeah, you bet. So we are looking at that Lambda class shuttle 
that Lambda class T4A shuttle has been seen as far back as the original trilogy, with the prequels providing a look at its predecessor. This shuttle famously delivered the Emperor to the Death Star 2, the second one, as well as the strike team to Endor in Return of the Jedi. And Colleen, who's flying that shuttle? Who indeed? (laughs) (laughs) I recognized one of them immediately because of my recent binge, but that's right. Wouldn't be an episode of The Mandalorian without some Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. cast members. The two shuttle pilots are played by Thomas E. Sullivan, and Luke Baines. These two have played villains on that Marvel show. Sullivan as Nathaniel, mother forking Malik, mm, for real. Hail Hydra. Uh, yeah, he doesn't <laughs> like Hydra though. Hail himself. <laughs> Same with this guy. And then Baines was a Chronicon, who was, I, I did love the Chronicons, even if they were bad. These dudes, they've got the right jaw lines to be villains, you know? (laughs) Perfectly, like, square, (laughs) symmetrical look. I like that semi-smile. I kind of want to kiss it. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Hey. Hey. Flo, these guys, they do get taken out. These flows, they get taken out by what exactly? Yeah, they do. They get taken out by the ion cannon. And we first, first of all, this looks like a boob. This is ridiculous. Yeah, it, does. it does. They call it yeah, that it a family guy. They like fire like boob nipple gun. <laughs> Sorry, I could just like, I need to like block the picture while I talk. <laughs> um, so we first saw one of these bad boys in The Empire Strikes Back. The ion cannons are a relatively common weapon in the Star Wars universe, and they act as a sort of concentrated EMP, disrupting and shutting down electronics. And it was just really cool to see it. I really liked it. It was great. It's a great way to take out a ship if you need to, like, preserve the people on it. Yeah, yes. seriously. It's just like, all right, little little freeze action. It's great. And it can take out a Star Destroyer, which is really helpful for the Rebellion. That yes, is very helpful. much so. <laughs> Colleen, though, who was on that ship other than the pilots? Who indeed. What's up? What's up, Dr. Pershing? Looking pretty good. It's been hinted at. We've seen glimpses, but here in this episode, it was stated outright, Dr. Pershing is a clone engineer. Mm -hmm. What exactly this means for his connections to Palpatine on Exegol or the creation of Snoke? Still unclear. We don't know. Did he go to Camino Academy? Did Camino anybody go to their academy? Do you think he, he got a ladle a chair? He probably did get a ladle oh chair. God, I love the ladle chairs. They look super cozy. Very ergonomic. Great reading nook. I was really curious though, because the shuttle pilot said that the New Republic was interested in him. So I'm like, what does the New Republic want with cloning? That could mm-hmm. be a problem later on. Especially since Bo-Katan shouts out to Boba later in the episode, like, you're a clone, y'all. Yeah, that was-, was your donor. That was tense. That's that's harsh, but fair. But still, like, this is pointing out to us that this is going to be an issue moving forward, I think, in Mandalorian or in the Boba show, which could be really cool. I did like how she said she has, quote unquote, heard his voice a thousand times. And I'm like, have you, though? Because it was (laughs) Dee Bradley Baker voicing all of the clones in the Clone Wars and Rebels and not Tamara Morrison. So it's like, kind of heard him, kind of didn't, but that's fine. It was cute. It was a it was a cute little nod. Yeah, for yes. sure. So much banter this this episode was just like chock full of these little like mini one liners and references. And the two that personally stood out to me, one again on that shuttle, the pilot says he was on the Death Star right before, you know, Cara Dune is just like, you know what? All you motherfuckers talked about Alderaan, I'm just gonna shoot you in the head and we mm-hmm. cannot talk about this anymore. Yep. Um, but you know, obviously the response is which Death Star? Because, again, there were two. Mm-hmm. Um, I defend the storytelling choice. It makes sense. If someone blows up your big gun, you make a bigger one. Yes. <laughs> and then when they blow that up, you make a bigger one and start getting base. Third time would have been the charm. Such a shame. Such a shame. <laughs> such a shame. Such a shame. Um, and also, not really sure if he was on the Death Star. Not really sure how he made it off alive. These were despite being like pretty large weapons these were very secretive projects so i can't imagine there was a ton of shore leave going on or a lot of transfers on and off might have been a tie fighter pilot that survived maybe um another one in the recruitment scene um with bo katan uh koska reeves does tell poba that he will be talking through the window of a back to tank 
This was so um, good. So savvy. that was a great that was a great savage line. So Becca is kind of a universal so cure all antibiotic type thing. Um, we first saw it back in Empire Strikes Back. Luke, after his encounter with the Wampa Ice Monster, and much cooler, we saw it on Mustafar in Darth Vader's castle when Krennic had to go visit him. That was during Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Colleen, uh, let's talk about this uh, next ship here. I love this ship. It is the Comark class fighter. Rebels fans will recognize this ship as the model of the Gauntlet, which was the ship that belonged to Maul with a nice little red and black detailing. A lot of times it's more blue, which is what Bo-Katan and Death Watch preferred. And then, of course, Ezra also inherited the Gauntlet after Maul's untimely demise on Tatooine. So it was really cool to see untimely, it in live action, really. though. <laughs> well, I mean, timely for Obi-Wan, so that, that was helpful. <laughs> Timely for some, unfortunate Timely for others. for some, unfortunate for others. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this guy, which looks like the head of a screwdriver, I'm going to be honest, is or like a fountain pen, <laughs> <laughs> is an Imperial light cruiser. And we have seen Gideon's flagship a few times in recent weeks, but here it is. It finally gets named as a light cruiser. These Architons <laughs> class ships were favored by many in the Empire as a cruiser throughout Rebels. They were a more direct successor to the ships employed by the Republic during the Clone Wars than the Star Destroyers of the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. Also, with Katie Sackhoff returning as Bo-Katan this episode, does anyone else think that launch tube looked like it belonged on Battlestar Galactica? Yes. Anyone? Absolutely. That would be a founding yes. to be Battlestar for Carathrace. Yes, Carathrace coming out with her fighter, that stealth fighter maybe, you never know. This time she was actually going in, but you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to be talking about this a lot in our deeper dive, guys. The rules of the Darksaber. Mm. Here's where we have some questions. I have a lot of questions. I have a lot. Mm, <laughs> on this. The rules of the Darksaber in this episode, at least, are described in very Elder Wand, Harry Potter terms. Yeah. It sure. must be one in order to wield it. Far from a mystical sense of ownership, though, this seems more like a honor code kind of situation. Or a murder code. Or a murder code, like (laughs) murder, light decapitations of people. Surrender, maybe. You never know. Yeah, surrender could probably work. Stealing might work, although Sabine Wren's mother said that she didn't earn it when she stole it from the cave on Dathomir. So that's also another issue that we'll have to go over at some point. But Bo-Katan has been in this exact situation before when Sabine Wren offered it to her freely in front of the clans of Mandalore, who were also like, yay! Applause, applause, applause when she took it. They basically the copied the exact, like it was a it was a shot for shot, like copy. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. This. Yeah, exactly. So we're kind of left here wondering, like, does Bo think that it was bad luck? that she took the saber that way and that's why Mandalore fell. Otherwise, I can't see why she would think she's a pretender to the throne. Can we be real for a second? How many times has Mandalore fallen? Right. I don't know about falling It just keeps se. tripping. It just keeps tripping. Just that's keeps what tripping. it is. Mandalorians are hard to, hard to put down apparently, but this has been a rough go for Mandalore. Either way, Gideon was just totally ready to sow all kinds of chaos with the dark saber reveals that he did. And yet we still don't know how he got it from her in the first place. So hopefully that's season three fodder. Honestly, like Moff Gideon was way too comfortable on the floor there. Just like being giddy. Like, mm-hmm. shut up, dude. Why didn't they like, knock him out? Like, he what, what are you doing? It took way too long. It took Ugh. way too long. But nice. next up is one of my favorite things ever. And that is an RA7 droid. This droid first appears, well, this kind of droid first appears in A New Hope on the Death Star. These droids can be used as spies and have appeared throughout Clone Wars and Rebels. Watch Rebels. Most notably, the character um, AP5, the logistics manager who knowingly defected from the Empire to the Rebellion. Yay, droid autonomy. Do do it does exist. Yay, droid autonomy. (laughs) I was so excited when he saw it. I was like, oh, it's AP. I saw it. I was like, yay. I love AP5. Shall we talk about some darker droids, though? Yes, of course we can. Yeah. These ones I do not defend at all. No okay. defense. They do look sick. Yeah, they, <laughs> they do. do. They look amazing. Okay, this so there was 
some major vibes going on with these dark troopers. The way they move and throw dinner around, like, again, ragdolling, ridiculous. They shake off blaster bolts and they give some serious Terminator energy. And then when Luke is just mowing them down, like, it was easy. Child's play for Luke. He Absolutely. Almost seemed to be channeling his father, Darth Vader, of course, during the ending of Rogue One and Maul at the end of Clone Wars. He was just like intense. Also, we're going to talk about this probably in our reactions, but when he crushed them, yes. that was uh, that was like one of the highlights of the episode for me. I thought that was a <laughs> for sure, for sure. Was that was that? Because I'll forget later. Was this like the only time that we ever see Luke use that for force choke kind of? He's choked um, before. I don't think he's done the crush. At least right. never the crush. He did the choke in Return of the Jedi to one of like Jabba's minions. Okay. And this is more of a dark side. Well, yeah, yeah I was I was pleased to see him still in his like black garb. Like he looked great. A bad boy. Look great. <laughs> but yeah, he crushed that thing like a freaking Pepsi can. It was great. Oh yeah. <laughs> But I think, I think we keep talking around him. So Anders, why don't you lay it on us like super thick? That's right. Luke freaking Skywalker. The original trilogy's protagonist appears to have absolutely heard Grogu's call from atop that seeing stone. I'm, again, I'm sure we'll get more into this a little bit in our reactions. I know some people have some, um, some hot and spicy takes. Which ones are hot and spicy? Actually, I'm not sure which. Still gauging the general fan reactions here. Yeah. Um, but to see him here in that Return of the Jedi era garb, the green lightsaber, the black glove, everything about it to me was just like so well executed. Like we've never really seen Luke go to town like this. Right. Um, the most he we get- saw was when he kind of lost his temper against Vader on that Death Star 2, but mm-hmm. we've never seen him really fight multiple opponents in this way. He get it from his daddy. Yeah. A little rage issue in the... Mm-hmm. Skywalker line. Yeah. I would totally get it from his daddy too. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> they get like, the second we see that X-wing pull into the hangar. Great little, uh, great little one-liner from Cara Dune. Oh, single X-wing. We're saved. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> um, but like, and seeing it, and I mean, this whole time, like, we're like, is that really? Like, are they really going to do this? Are they really going to do this? And then he takes the hood off, and they use. What I'm assuming is the exact same tech that they used to bring Leia and Tarkin back for Rogue One. They improved Mm -hmm. upon it in Rise of Skywalker to get that younger version of Luke and Leia kind of training in the forest in that flashback sequence. It was, I mean... I thought it worked. I know some people were... It was a little little stiff, but I thought it worked really well. They're like coming up tears in their ability to do this. Yeah, they're making it work. the music shifts in this scene it's much less of that kind of like western feel that we get in mandalorian and much more towards that like john williams full score type deal everything kind of shifts um so while mark hamill is credited as obviously playing luke skywalker he voiced him his face was the model he was actually played on set by Max Lloyd Jones, um, pretty big mocap actor. He's got some. Uh, he's got some credits around like the new Planet of the Apes films and such. So he's been doing this for a little bit. I was. I was hype. Everybody, I'll say it. I was all hype <laughs> when this. We'll put, we'll put a pin in that hype for the reaction section. Yes, I'm sure we will. So, Colleen, what's up next? Just so I can stop talking now. Yeah, speaking of hype, speaking not about Luke. Hype. <laughs> I was way more hyped about this moment when Din's mask came off again. For the second time this season, Din removes his helmet, in addition to shaving a little bit, like cleaned up in the the area since his adventure with Mayfeld. This shows how much he really cares about little Grogu. Like, Grogu reached for his mask, and you could tell he's like, I just want to see your face before I go. Just your little (laughs) ponum. So cute. Their exchange, the goodbye, when Grogu touched his actual face. Like seeing it for the first time, and then when he clung to Din's leg, I was like, "No, this is not right." <laughs> and then he said, "Don't be afraid," like because of course he's the one that's actually afraid of yeah. what's going to happen next. Like, mm. I cried on the second on my rewatch. Did not cry the first time for reasons <laughs> that will be covered later. But second rewatch, tear factory. Yeah. Well, 
I mean, Grogu was hanging on to his leg, but then he saw a shiny new toy. Exactly. <laughs> <He's> like, ooh. <laughs> and that shiny new toy is R2-D2. Can you believe he's yeah. here? <laughs> Angel can do no wrong. One of the best droids in the galaxy makes his live action TV debut and he is excited to see Grogu. They immediately begin one of the cutest ever contests for who is the cutest being in the galaxy. And I wonder, and maybe we can get the, into this in reactions or maybe just here. I wonder if they knew each other from the temple days, which is one of the reasons why Grogu was more willing to let go of Daddy Dearest's leg and be willing to go to daycare. <laughs> Yeah, maybe R2 sitting there like, I knew Yoda. He hit me in the face with his cane a bunch of times. Because I stole his food. Yeah. (laughs) Which I don't need to eat. So yeah, so after this episode ends, we get into that post-credit stinger and we see Mr. Bib Fortuna. That was cool. Robert Baratheon, you've gotten fat vibes. (laughs) (laughs) Serious, major. Yeah, so Jabba the Hutt's former right hand has taken up residence in Jabba's palace and does seem to be eating plenty of Jabba's food. This guy has gotten bigger. Uh, Bib here is played by Matthew Wood, who is the supervising sound engineer for The Mandalorian, and who has a very long history of working um, on Star Wars projects, including voicing Bib Fortuna back in a small role in Phantom Menace, and as the voice of General Grievous in Revenge of the Sith. Boba and Fennec come in, promptly wipe out everybody, Actually, on my rewatch, I really noticed Fennec wipes out everybody. Yeah. Boba just she wipes out Bib Fortuna. <laughs> and she lets the no. slave girl go, which could. She does. You. She lets the slave girl go. Um, very, very noticeably, too. Uh, but not before Bib gets one last McClunky. Oh, great. <laughs> that, Dying. That so hilarious really? line. I, I got to know, was that line like, was that word like first ever introduced when they put it in Greedo's mouth? I think so. Because it seems like it's become much more common. That's what I was wondering too. Yeah, I also sure. have like I also have like a really really like small desire in well not small large desire in the back of my mind for um, President Elect Biden to watch Star Wars and one time when he's trying to say malarkey accidentally have it come out McClunky. McClunky. That would be so great. <laughs> that would be hilarious. But he gets out that last McClunky before he is gunned down. So that flow. Boba Fett takes the throne. (laughs) This was great. I just like loved the way this shot looked. So the final shot is Boba and Fennec in control of Jabba's palace and presumably his former criminal empire. We get a final tease that, like Sarah said, quote, the book of Boba Fett, end quote, premieres in December 2021. So we don't really know what that means, uh, but we'll talk about that in our reactions and predictions, I guess. And Fennec had that spotchka again. Man, Fennec looks like that spotchka. Yeah, Fennec looked great. Tugging it. She's also. I'm gonna. I'm gonna point it out here. She's technically. I know she's on the arm of the chair, but she is above him. True. True. (laughs) I mean, she should be. She took out way more people than he did. Yeah. (laughs) I think they're kind of equals now. Like this is a share of the throne situation. Love it. Should we head into our reactions? Yeah, I I think think we should. All right, Sarah. You're up first. All right. So I kind of want to keep mine brief so that I can kind of react to other people's reactions. But kind of to start things off, I thought that it was really great how awesome the ladies were totally rocking Mm -hmm. it this episode. So like total thumbs up for that. One thumbs down, sort of, I I feel kind of mixed about this, was just how easily the dark troopers were taken advantage of and just absolutely annihilated. Like I was really... They did a nice job of ratcheting up the fear with respect to Din, but overall, I was expecting something to be scarier, and all we got was the Golden Company from Game of Thrones. Yeah, Yeah. well, They put up more of a fight than the Golden Company. Come on. Yes, but still, it was... was They at least fired their guns. (laughs) Whoa, the bar was low. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, like, I felt like it was very much more of, like, drums, drums in the deep with, like, the fists on the walls and the everything, but then it just kind of fell flat. So I was really wanting a little bit more fear. And then another thing that we kind of got into was, didn't Sabine just give the dark saber to Bo in Rebels? And so I know that it's not necessarily the Elder Wand, but 
I don't know. I, I love how Din was able to remove his helmet. Clearly he's grown from his cult learnings. And I just wish that Bo-Katan would do the same and the rest of Mandalore would do the same. It seems like as was critiqued in episodes, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of holding on to rules that don't make sense when, when they do apply, when they don't apply. It just kind of seemed like you didn't need to watch Rebels, although you should watch Rebels, to understand <laughs> that like Bo-Katan had signed up for this mess for this mission with Din saying, you'll get the Darksaber, period. And I guess the unstated assumption was that Bo-Katan was going to face off against Moff G. I get that, but that's not exactly what was said when the episode began. What was agreed upon was, you help me get Grogu and I will help you get the Darksaber. Well, we got the child, but Bo-Katan did not get the Darksaber. So does anyone want to say anything about that at all? A lot, but I want to say yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little confused by the rules. That's all I got to yeah. say. Yeah, okay. the rules seem so, very obscure. Do we think, and I think I know my answer for this, do we think that Moff Gideon, because he's, he like knew so much of like, they're on the bridge now and wondering where I am, was his plan to have Mando beat him, get the Darksaber, and then turn Bo against Din? Was yes. that his, like, whole plan? I don't think so. I think really? it definitely I don't played, think that, I don't think that I think was his long game. it played into his head. Like, he used it once he found out Din was sparing his life. He's like, well, this is going to get interesting. Yeah. At that I point, just, yes, I would say that yes. that's his plan. But, like, from the time he actually, like, challenged Din and, like, tried to stab him in the back, no, I don't think that was his plan. What was the point of leaving Moff G alive? Because I don't get it. He's an ISB agent that has a lot, a lot of, of intelligence, a lot of intel. Doesn't seem more. He tries to kill himself, so he knows something. Yeah. something big I don't know that either has to do with Mandalore or probably Palpatine. Flo, I'm glad. Something. I'm glad that you agree with me because, like, it was just kind of like no one had any problem dispatching with all of these stormtroopers, but all of a sudden, just because it's the big baddie guy, we have to like dun 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 leave yeah, him alive. Yeah. It just only because Kara said that she wanted him alive. They kind of set up that that would happen. I mean, fine, but like, don't you think he probably has a lot of intel just like on the ship, like in droids, maybe or in not, or in whatever. Mm, like, you it's never all know. In his head. A lot of the ISB agents were trained to have that kind of not just, keep a data record of stuff, too. I mean, and also Pershing is still alive. Do you think he knows stuff? Oh, yeah. But he's with Absolutely. Boba. <laughs> we don't know. Is he? I don't know. We don't yeah. even know where he is. Right, exactly. So there were there were some things, very good flow. There were some things that were like dangling out there where I was just kind yes. of like, I, I stand by and I stand for the Ahsoka episode. I understand that, that we were against the big baddie in this episode so it was the finale but for me it didn't seem like the finale even though even though like the main mission the main quest right was finally to get grogu yes they solved the main quest oh wait yeah, they are we, are the we saying quest. that we finally got the culmination of the main quest and we're wait. complaining now oh yes. main quest <laughs> that is <laughs> You move on to the next, which is very- I'm just watching Flo's face. I'm having so much fun right hold now. On, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I mean, it is very, yeah, I mean, it depended how they wanted to do the main quest format. Like, is it going to be two seasons of Grogu main quest, and then the next two seasons are winning back Mandalore main quest? Because that, that would be a good balance. Yeah. It just what depends it? where they want to take the story next. I will save that until everyone else gets their reactions, but- but just when I thought we were done with the Skywalkers, they pull them back on in. And so that's another thing where some of us will agree, some of us will disagree. I like the fact that, you know, Yoda taught Luke and it's kind of a nice yes. dovetail, nice circle for Luke to then yes. theoretically face, Grogu. When he sees Grogu like up close is very, very adorable. But I will confess, I was hoping that a different Jedi would answer the call, even though, narratively speaking, it makes a lot of sense that Luke would answer the call. Yes. And they have been building to him. I mean, yep. we were hoping that it wasn't. Yep. But they've been building towards that it would be him. Well, Colleen, I've spoken a lot. So why don't you um, tell us about your reactions? Mm, I really enjoyed the episode, except for the two biggest parts. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I don't want to talk about that. Like I said, I want to save that for the deep dive because I'm going to rant, y'all. It is going to be a two-part rant and it's going to be long. Oh, man. Mm. Needless to say, Skywalker showing up was not high on my list of wants for this show. Especially with the Force Crush thing. Like, that's a no-no, Luke. Even if you're using it on a droid. I didn't mind that. He did, that. Like, didn't mind that at all. <laughs> it looked cool. It did look very cool. Like, he looked amazing. Yeah, I loved everything about how they did his fighting aesthetically. He did yeah. a lot of different lightsaber forms, which was really cool. Which shows, like, he's learned from Obi-Wan, so he's got form three. He's learned from Yoda, so he has form four. He's learned from Vader a little bit, so he has form five. Like, yes. That's cool, but also, hmm, we're going to talk about that later. The, I love the Mandalorians showing that they are a fucking, sorry, freaking contentious people. <laughs> Bo's out here hurting cats, you guys, <laughs> trying to get the Mandalorians to get along in any way, shape, or form is going to be really hard. I did like how Gideon seems really invested in keeping the Mandalorians at odds. Like, he revels in that dark saber worthiness speech. You can just tell he's like, I can make these interpersonal dynamics fall apart with just a few sentences, and he loves it. But I also noticed that he tries to shoot Bo first. Like, when he gets the blaster, mm -hmm. the first person he goes for is Bo. So that makes me think he knows that she is the legit heir, even yeah. if she's, he says she's a pretender and she believes this for some reason, with her self-doubt. Gideon thinks that she could be the one to bring Mandalore together, so he's like, I gotta take her out. And then when he can't, because of the best guy, he's like, oh, I'll try killing Grogu next. Just call him gaslighting Gideon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, I, I'm wondering, like, does he hate Mandalorians? Is there something deeper? He's hiding about Mandalore. Like, why is it so important for them not to rise again, or not to like come together again why is that important does he like have some secret plan or secret mission that one of freaking palpatine's crazy creepy droids sent as the contingency plan like they have so many questions about those things that. are freaky those, they're, they're just really so creepy freaky. it would be really cool to see one in live action though like can we get like gideon talking <laughs> in a flashback to one of these creepy droids that's gonna be awesome i did like the imperial shuttle pilot pointing out that he thought that Alderaan was full of terrorists. And then it was right for the Death Star to destroy it. And that millions of people died on both Death Stars because they did. It's like, we cheer mm -hmm. for Luke because we're like, oh, yay, he's killing off the bad guys. But other books like Lost Stars, if you haven't read Lost Stars, definitely check it out. Go into this Imperial motive kind of thing where the soldiers and the ground troops and the personnel have no clue what's going on. Right. They've been taught this propaganda that the rebels are bad and they're terrorists and they're trying to take down their stable lives. So then they're like, war crimes. And when Luke destroyed the two Death Stars, it's like, oh no, here comes Tony, our friend Tony's moral relativism <laughs> question again. Like, mm, it strikes back, you guys. Should we be rooting for Luke? Yes, we should, because the Empire is an evil installation but also mm, the imperial <laughs> pilot guy is also not wrong so interesting yeah. things brought up by this episode like keep going here Favloni. keep going absolutely i definitely want them to keep diving into that like we said last week they almost they almost dip their toes in it and then kind of pulled yes. back a little bit it's like mm -hmm. no if we're gonna do this like let's yeah. let's go in let's, let's do, do it let's mm -hmm. do it yeah so for me on this episode, like, yeah, do I kind of wish that it wasn't Luke doing that? Like, did I, was I really hoping for an Ezra Bridger or a Cal Kestis? I haven't actually played that game, but from what I understand, he's pretty cool. Yeah, um, yeah that would have been great. That being said, hell yeah, baby. <laughs> Definitely. Yes. Luke freaking Skywalker in his prime, mowing down those those dark troopers and sarah i'm gonna pose this question for you like yes. feel free don't answer now like if you want to like think on it a little bit and and you know when we do our roundup come back with it okay you know you were saying he was mowing through those uh those droids a little too easily would you have that same reaction if that had been ahsoka doing that or if that had been ezra mowing through those droids would you have that same opinion 
is not <laughs> as good as Ahsoka <laughs> or Ezra. I'm so sorry. I got we caught don't, up We there. don't know I that because that. we haven't seen him in this element. We haven't seen him do this I can answer that yet. short and sweet. <laughs> Luke is not the Jedi that Ahsoka is. And Ahsoka's I, not a Jedi. Well, you know what? We're not going to get into that now. <laughs> Luke is, Ahsoka's like the epitome of what a Jedi could be. Yes. Luke is still, like, he's one of the most powerful force users in canon and legends. So it makes sense that he would be mowing through these people, but yeah. And I think, I think Anders, you make an excellent point about this being Luke in his prime. Let's be yeah. clear. Like I, I may be dissing on Luke just a smidge, just because I'm a little bit disappointed, but, but seeing him in his prime, being able to do all of those things, if, if who, then a Jedi. So you're right on that. You're totally right on that. So, but even just going like even beyond that now into like more of it, like, like I said earlier, the de-aging effect, I think he was a little stiff kind of, but other than that, he looked phenomenal. Yeah. They did a really excellent job with that. And if you are going to do a (laughs) storyline that involves Grogu reaching out with the force, trying to find a Jedi to teach him during this time frame, like, I feel like while we would totally be ecstatic again, if Ezra or Cal or someone else had come in, we'd kind of be asking the question, what the hell is Luke doing? Luke is literally out there in the galaxy in this yeah. moment searching for Jedi to train. Right. So they did, if you're they gonna did have... straight line narrative, which is fine. If yeah. you want to go that direction, that's fine. Yeah. They, it, it just, it makes perfect sense. And I mean, people like, people like us, specifically like the four of us, and you know a bunch of our friends we have all this background knowledge we know like all these side characters from all over the galaxy that we're excited to see but for your run-of-the-mill fan who's only ever really watched the movies or whatever to see luke skywalker come back on television like this like i'm not gonna lie one of the reasons that i was thinking that they wouldn't do this is literally just a budget thing i didn't think they would have the budget to do this that de-aging effect for an episode of tv Which is also, I think, one of my main reasons. I'm not in a camp that like Luke is going to be a main character of this show moving. No, that that's not happening. This is like a once a season type appearance, possibly right. once a series. Um, all that was just it was so cool. It ties everything together, all the storylines together, without overthinking it. It just it makes sense. We're going to do it. It's fun. Great. I noticed that we're all talking about it, though, so he pulled focus away from everything else. Um, Which is kind of problematic. Yeah, I mean, it was a big reveal for, it was a big reveal for an episode. I don't think he's pulling away your attention. Like, we're like, oh, that's where Grogu's going. I want to know what happens to Grogu there. I want to know what happens to Din next. But people are most excited, I think, about Luke. And it, it, it would be different if he was a character that isn't as well known. I think because they have pulled people in. From it would definitely be Rebels different. Or Clone yes, Wars or agree. It would definitely Pop be different. Band from the books. That's a little different because people don't know who they are really, unless they're more of a deep diver. But Luke, he's the epitome of everything Star Wars. Yeah. So he is yeah. going to pull focus no matter what. And True. That's, that can be tough. And I know that a lot of people are excited because he's great. Luke is a great character. He is fantastic. Mark Hamill, love him. Give me all the Mark Hamill. In this exact instant, that's where I was like, ugh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but again, moving beyond him, Gideon was also just awesome in this episode. That, that conversation where he's holding the Darksaber over Grogu. Not sure why Grogu's not just throwing him against the wall. I don't know if those are like force dampering, force Thank dampening you. cups. Is he still maybe. tired? Like, is he still tired? <laughs> like, Thank could you. Be. I'm, sure, I'm sure there's an explanation every single movie show comic book that has people with enhanced abilities has some kind of a dampening collar or cuffs to put on. I feel so like I'm it sure was that's what it was. Yeah. Just like uh, Obi-Wan in Attack of the Clones when he's like hovering there and he's got the cuffs on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Flo, I see you. Talk to me more about <laughs> like, Attack of the Clones. Like, what? <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were more excited about Obi being in handcuffs. Well, I mean, <laughs> nothing wrong with that but I mean. Gideon, the way he's like kind of like negotiating his way out of the scenario, very Thrawn like to me, but then showing how he's not Thrawn like when he turns around and tries to literally stab Din in the back. Um, 
you know, I don't think we're going to get Luke's full Jedi Academy show in the future. So I'm really yeah. curious, like, what happens to Grogu? What happens to Din? Is the Book of Boba Fett a new show? Is it season three of this show? Yeah. Don't know. I'm sure we'll get into that more in our roundup. Mm-hmm. Where does everything fit into this? There are a lot of unanswered questions at the end of this. What's going on with the Darksaber? What's going on with Mandalore? Yeah. I totally thought for a second that Bo-Katan actually died in this episode. Yeah. Um, I had to go back and like look because when like Luke's coming in, they do close-ups on almost everyone, but they don't do one of her. And we saw her go down. Hmm. But then I then I it pulled back and I saw that she was in the wide shot. So I was like, yes. oh, okay, she is still there. She's she's still alive. Um another random side note, um, like about 15, 20 minutes before we jumped into this to record, I was scrolling through Facebook and I saw a comment from our friend Joe noting how it would have been so much fun to see a Boba Luke reunion because the last time they saw each other was basically when Boba got tossed into the Sarlacc pit as Luke was escaping. So that would have just been hysterical. Little ten. It's probably the legit reason why Boba was not on the ship with them. It's another effing Skywalker. (laughs) Damn it. But I have talked enough. I'm going to turn it over (laughs) to Flo. Please, no, I think I'm going to say preach to a few times. So like say a <laughs> sentence and I'll probably say preach. Cheers. So I kept my reactions pretty close to the vest today. I like didn't really engage in our text chat and I had other chats going. The only person I like really talked to today was my husband in the car and I just like screamed at him repeatedly. <laughs> so I'm sorry, Evan. Okay, so I want to start. I have notes today, which I don't usually have. As my team knows, I usually just like go off the cuff. Um, but I have notes today. Um, And I'm going to start with my really positive reactions because I don't want to be a person who just like hates on everything all the time because I didn't. I actually really liked this episode. I thought it was a great episode, a great Star Wars moment. I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was very, um, just very Star Wars-y, like in a way that we haven't seen that often in this show, um, which was really, really, really great. And I I really love that. So I'm going to talk about my highlights first. Number one, the space battle. Um, with Slave One and the shuttle mm-hmm. was just really great, awesome, like old Star Wars with the ion cannon and just like all the things that we love. Um, loved that. I loved being on Moff Gideon's ship. I thought it was beautiful. It was dark. It was just like exciting to be going through a ship. I loved it when um, they were like on the bridge and the two with the jetpacks like went off and they popped back up and that, that was, awesome. was great that cool. was sick loved mm-hmm. it loved it just like really exciting action sequence loved it um i loved the one-on-one fight with the staff and the dark saber it was beautiful we were anticipating it um we got it great awesome I have to say one of my absolute favorite things in this episode <laughs> was the amazing edm beat when the dark troopers like revved up (laughs) it was just like somebody has to mix this immediately it's gonna be a new tiktok sound today um so i loved that that was like super cool super modern like really different for the the soundtrack Mm -hmm. because it wasn't like westerny it wasn't john williamsy it was just like really modern and like techno and fun i really liked that uh i loved probably my favorite I've got a lot of favorite parts, apparently, but one of my favorite parts was the launching of the TIE Fighters, just like the way it slid and zoomed, mostly because it felt very like theme park ride to me. Like I could see how they could integrate that into a ride at Disneyland. Make it happen. Please, Disney people, if you could just make that happen, that'd be great. And then the landing of the shuttle in that like bay was very Star Tours, like where you basically just crash land every single time. And so that was super cool, like just a fun little nod to the park. So loved that. Loved the Stinger. Stinger was really exciting to me. Um, yeah. Okay. So that being said, <laughs> here's my big issue with this episode. Take out the trash, girl. Most Take it out. The tea. And I don't want to go super deep into it because I have additional issues that are a bigger, wider, season-wide issue that I want to get Mm -hmm. in during our deep dive. So I'm going to be saving some of my disappointments for that. And I really want to focus on just this episode for this one. But something that is in this episode and overarching to me is just what were the stakes? I just felt like the big emotional pull in this show 
is Grogu. We love Grogu. We want Grogu to be safe. We want Grogu to be in like a loving family with Din. That's like extremely important to us. We've seen Mando become this amazing dad to him. Like today we really saw that. That was a beautiful moment. Mm -hmm. But at no point, not one single point in this episode was I worried about Grogu's safety. Bingo. Not one, not one point. I knew he wasn't gonna be killed with that dark saber in his cell. I knew he wasn't going to be shot by Moff Gideon. I almost missed that part, honestly, because I was like, I don't care about where Grogu is in the scene because I'm not worried about him. What I wanted to see, what would have raised the stakes would have been Grogu torture. Do I want to see it? Yes. Will I hate seeing it? Absolutely, I will hate seeing it. Yep. To just tell me that we have his blood and like we've got it without letting me see it, like in the first season, when he was strapped to that table, I was scared out of my mind for him. Yep. Stakes were so high. I was like, he could die. This baby could die. Today, I knew he wasn't going to die. They already had his blood. I don't even care. They didn't even show it. It didn't even matter. Moff Gideon said he didn't even care. He was like, we gave him his booster (laughs) shot. Moving along, move along. You know what? Honestly, the stakes were so low that when he was like, fine, take the baby. I was like, all right. That I was easy. <laughs> I kind of believed it for a second. I was just like, all right, I guess nobody else cares. So, so here's my question now. Where is the blood? Where is the blood? And why did nobody care to bring that up? Like, is it on the ship? Where is it? I don't know. Where is Pershing? I don't know. They just like, peace out. I assume he's either still above, he's still aboard Slave One, or yeah. they delivered him to New Republic. How, yeah. how would they do that already? It's a spaceship. Yeah, I assumed he was still on the ship. It's between the stinger. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and Pershing hadn't gotten there yet, so how did they get the blood? I think that was just a bluff. I think he was bluffing, man. Oh, you you don't think they actually have the blood? That'd be actually kind of interesting. He's been brave. Either that or, I mean, Pershing doesn't have, Pershing could have been coming in for something else, like in and out for a while. Like they they didn't have Grogu for a total of like three hours. Yeah. Moff Gideon does not take take like yes he was bluffing about you can just take the child but I do not think he was bluffing about taking the blood I at least yeah. hope he wasn't because if he if he was bluffing about it the stakes are even lower yeah, yeah and, definitely so and here's my other issues like? just besides this the stakes was my number one issue I just felt like yeah. there weren't no stakes the other issue the dark troopers looked incredible. I mm. loved seeing them. I was really excited for them. I thought the one-on-one fight between um, that dark yeah. trooper and Mando was, that was the only time where there were actually stakes to me. I was like, shit, yes. he is pummeling. He's him. getting wrecked. Yes. Yeah. Except, so- except, except Flo, not to cut you off. Oh, he just, the, the dark trooper just threw him like yeah. a little bit. And, and again, kind of like with Moff G, if you can just kill him, just kill him. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have well, so much of the an best issue scar, with so. that. Yeah, I guess yeah, the armor I, protected him a little bit. But. I didn't yeah. have too much of an issue with this, and I actually really liked the banging on the glass and the banging on the yeah, walls. That, I actually the tension really that was there was tense. Big. Yeah, that it was good. It was tense, and I really liked that. However, they were useless. Like Sarah said, golden company status I really wanted just a bigger fight with them. I wanted a whole team fighting them. The fact that Luke could take them out by himself just felt a little easy. And I wanted to see Mando and Bo-Katan and Fennec all fighting together on one side. I just thought that would have really raised the stakes. Also, like, protecting Grogu maybe all together would have been really nice. It just felt like they didn't mesh Yep. I'll, agree with, I'll agree with you that that would have been amazing to see. That would have been that, amazing. That would have been amazing to see. I, I will say, I mean, <laughs> I am was gone. Though, was and gone. I, I get that, I get that you, you and Sarah both are saying like, Luke cut through them too easily. Yeah. Like, and I can see, I can see where that argument is being made. I'm just going to say that I think it's illustrative of actually how powerful a Jedi actually is, and none of these people have ever really seen one in action. They don't actually know mm-hmm. what it's like to, and look, to well, actually go Grogu against does. a Jedi. Like he was touching the Grogu screen, does. like oh, Grogu, this is Grogu I remember does. this. <laughs> Grogu does, like Bo Katan does, or whatever. But like, but as Flo Nobody said, else. like 
Din had just seen that shooting these dark troopers was an ineffectual, ineffectual way to kill them. So then why does he take away his, his Beskar spear, put it away, and take out a gun again? It just... It, I would have thought that Din was going to be a smarter warrior. He's not that. smart. <laughs> I, We've said it before. He's not a Ravenclaw. <laughs> no, he's not. Look, I don't want to take anything away from Luke. Yeah. You guys know I am mostly a movie watcher. Luke Skywalker, like Colleen said, is an incredible character. He's a huge deal for me, for my family. Like, he is a very big deal. My husband, mm-hmm. so excited, like, basically was sitting on the top of the couch, just like screaming Luke at our TV. And like you said, this is Luke at his height, right? Like this is primo Luke who we've never gotten to see. And that is exciting. It is. But it was so easy and so obvious. And I just, I really found, as soon as I saw the green lightsaber, I was just like, and the X-Wing. As soon as I saw the X-Wing, I was like, like, ah, it's Luke. We're done. This is it. Like, it was just a, it was too obvious on one end on that side. Too many clues too soon. We didn't actually care when he took off the hood because we're like, well, we already know who this is. Well, Brendan wasn't sure. I think some people still weren't sure until the very, very end. So I don't. It was literally, it was, it was the black glove for me that told me that this is almost definitely going to be Luke. I was holding out hope that maybe it was like Ezra or somebody under that hood. Someone else we know who has a green saber. I was point, also really was curious like, if that Sebastian Stan rumor was going to be true. Yeah, that's where I was like, ooh, is it going to be Sebastian? Like, because he's Marvel, so they could get him. He's At Disney. one point, I started praying that it was actually Leia. Yeah. <laughs> Hers is blue. That would have been awesome. Yeah, her saber is blue. blue. If like, it had been blue and it had been Leia, this would have been a different story. Because we've never seen Leia do that. If it had been Leia, I would have been lost blue. my mind. I would have lost my freaking mind and it would have been amazing. So I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed on a broader scale that doesn't have to do with this episode. I understand what they were doing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. At the same time, I just feel like they're really, they've moved away from baby Yoda as I will still refer to him. The show um, is called The Mandalorian. I understand, <laughs> but the past you know, two seasons have been really centered on growth have been really centered on our love for him you know everything has been centered on him he's a huge deal and now to pull him away from the show and kind of replace him kind of replace that din grogu relationship with what we're assuming will now be more of a din bow show and like some sort of like fight for mandalore restoring mandalore like obviously i have not watched rebels and i fully appreciate that but speaking for the people who are more movie watchers and less into you know the other tv shows and the books and the back lore i am not invested in bo katan in the same way that i'm invested in baby yoda like just i'm not and so they did not do enough this season to make me feel invested in bo flo let me ask you they're gonna have to do that next season so like so like did you feel as invested well i'm trying to remember baby yoda grogu he showed up in the first episode right he was yeah. he was basically the the, the, the last shot of the episode the one yes. of the entire series. <laughs> okay, because I, I was think, going. Go I think ahead, they could have done it. I think it would have been possible. And again, I'm going to talk about this more in my deep dive. But I feel like time was again. People are going to hate me for this, and that's fine. I feel like time was wasted in prior episodes in this season that could have been used to foster that relationship to bring Bo back up what if he had like telecommunicated with her in a previous episode just brought her up again so that she was at the forefront of my mind a little bit more often yeah just bringing her up again in this episode like I don't care like they have not made me care I have no stakes left in this show except for the fact that I'm going to watch season three regardless (laughs) because we will meet again like we will see each other again we will meet again and I was they just do a time jump feeling, for sure. I was left feeling quite betrayed that they could have done so much. Again, of course, I was really hoping for Darth Grogu. I think it would have worked beautifully. I think it would have been really poignant. And still those, those there is still time. There is still time. Like, they might want to wait till he's older. I think they're going to do. Listen, if Kylo Ren can happen, Darth no, Grogu can still here's happen. Here's my issue: if Luke had already lost a student to the dark side. We would not have Kylo like this. 
Like, I just don't think that's going to happen now because that window has now passed for me. I don't think it's going to happen under Luke unless he gets taken away from Luke and he doesn't stay with Luke for one reason or another. I just don't think it's going to happen. I'm super disappointed and I'm like upset. I'm mad. Um, they painted that, themselves it. into a narrative so, corner. With yeah, that. they really have. They, they could have left this wide open. And instead, they've closed so many doors. Yeah. And now I'm like, okay, I can definitely wait until December 2021 because I'm not dying to know anything. This is not the kind yeah. of thing where I'm now going to go run to fan fiction and be like, what are people thinking about Darth Grogu? Like, who knows? It's just like, well, right. he's and, with and they're together. Yeah. Moff Gideon's in custody. Pershing's probably in custody. We don't know where the blood is. Nobody cares. Uh, Grogu's healthy. He wasn't actually tortured. And uh, the dark sabers with Mando, so it's not lost. And um, that's it. Like wrapped up with a bow for Christmas time. And they probably do have a plan. Sure. Of in this moment, in this moment, I was disappointed. Yeah. In this moment, it feels bad, and I hope. And I am confident, I am confident that they will make it up to me in season three and that there is a bigger plan, that there is a broader story. This is like a Crimes of Grindelwald situation for me. (laughs) Except I really enjoyed Crimes of Grindelwald, honestly. (laughs) But still, that reveal at the end was like, what? (laughs) But at least there was a reveal at the end that was a cliffhanger where I can be like, I'm still waiting to find out how they're going to buckle this up for me and make me feel really excited about it. This one, I'm not even caring. They're not going to let him die in a random explosion that Kylo doesn't even really cause at the, at the Jedi training Academy. Like that wasn't him. Like, yes, he betrayed Luke and then the Academy gets destroyed, but Kylo didn't do it. So it's like to have, Grogu die in that kind of situation would be so wasteful. <laughs> Can I just ask a quick question? Of course. This, this is, we assume, pre-Kylo's birth, right? No, he's probably, he was he's conceived pre- on Endor, so he's oh, seven. Oh, get it. Oh, yeah, they were getting it on Endor. <laughs> they were getting it. He's like seven, uh, seven-ish. As soon as, Han was, as soon as Han found out that um, Luke was Leia's brother... Then and that's why like she loved smash. him, and that's why they were making out. Then, yeah, they were smashing. Okay, yeah. so is Kylo with Luke right now? Like, is he being? I don't probably, think so. Maybe not. It depends. I mean, he's seven, I mean, he's right five eight, through seven, young one, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, he's going to start getting too old <laughs> by so, some people's standards. Too old he is. I guess. I guess <laughs> one trained. thing that could make this up to me, and this is not going to be popular, probably. They could make it up to me. By showing me young Kylo, kid Kylo, training with Grogu at the Luke Jedi Academy. Because I would love, I would love to see some young Kylo shit. And they could do that. It could be a comic. Yeah, I think that story is definitely going to be told. That would be cool. But again, that doesn't have anything to do with the Mandalorian. I basically don't care about Din anymore at this point. He doesn't have Grogu. And I... He has no ties to Mandalore, so I'm just like, what? What do you care? So, yeah, anyways, yeah. that's that's my hot takes today. I, I, that's it. I have nothing else to say about. I can't it. wait till our deep dive. This is gonna be good. Yeah, deep dive is <laughs> gonna be insane because I went off at my husband about ice fighters today. Off. Yes. <laughs> I've been sitting there like, it's fine. I'm like, I'm about to crash this car just so you'll stop talking. <laughs> I think maybe this might be this might be the time. Should Evan actually come on the pod for this one to give I mean, us a play by play of this? He can like hovering in the background. <laughs> he'd like to guest star. Um, he, for the record, also movie watcher mostly. Um, actually played. Um, what's the game called? Fallen Order. Yeah, Fallen Order. So he played the whole game. He's done with it. Um, he was so excited about this episode. He just loved it. So and there's an argument with Fallen Order too when Vader shows up at the end. Like, how is that different from Luke showing up in the show? Is game versus show? Like, how do we view these kind of cameos? With Vader, it made sense because he is the controller of the Inquisitors and they're the bad guys in Fallen Order. So it's like, yeah, of course, the big boss is probably going to be Vader or the Grand Inquisitor. So, yeah, it's, it's a so very thin line that we're trying to tread here. <laughs> What is so cameos. Is like this is not 
for anybody who knows me, this is like actually not how I am. Like I'm usually very easy to please and I just like go with it. Like again, I liked Crimes of Grindelwald. I didn't care that Minerva McGonagall was negative years old when she showed up in that movie. I was just like, give it all to me. Inject it, like Andrew says, inject it right into my bloodstream. Enjoy the ride. Exactly. And I usually am such an enjoy the ride person. Obviously, I like Attack of the Clones. Just give me the ride. I don't- well, it's like- I'm here for it. <laughs> I am. And I really, truly, usually am here for it. This As I think we've corrupted Flo. <laughs> yeah. We made her an overthinker. <laughs> this season of this show has just been really tough for me to just sit and enjoy it. And I'm really trying to figure out within myself, like, why it has been this way. Because this is just not who I am. Like, you knew Luke was coming. <laughs> it's all been there from the beginning. <laughs> yeah, you're... You're you know, Luke kind of angsty right now. Here's what it okay. is. Here's what it is. I think the Go only, to Tashi Station. Get yourself some power converters. Yeah. The <laughs> only thing, I loved all the prequels. I loved all the sequels. I have loved all of yeah. the standalone movies, mm-hmm. including Solo. Come I out. love Solo. I love, love Solo. Mm-hmm. I like Solo. The only disappointment I had in the sequels was the Palpatine- Ray connection, which was really tough because we wanted her to be a nobody. I think a lot of people feel that way. And then constantly retying it to the Skywalkers. She's allowed to not be a Skywalker. She's yep. allowed to yeah. not be a Palpatine. She is yep. allowed to be her own freaking person. She can be like, just Ray at she the end of the movie. Exactly just, Ray. just Ray. So to keep beating this, like, dead yeah. horse of the skywalkers it's like there are more people in this freaking yeah. galaxy than the skywalkers mm-hmm. we don't need it linked like i don't yeah. understand why they keep doing that they must have gotten the palpatine feedback why are they still doing this well like, because as Xander said luke was trying to become a jedi teacher at this point so it does make sense and i am, with you, and I am with you flo i am i am with you like i like i think i said this on our one from the um the Disney announcements, like one of the reasons I'm so excited about the Acolyte is that it is an era that we know nothing about. It is a totally unexplored thing and I am there. Go for it. Yes. They kind of locked themselves in with the Luke choice because of their timeline situation. Like the second, the second the armor is like reunite him with the Jedi and you think a second about what time period they're in with what Luke is actively out there doing right now, the choice is effectively made for them. Right. Doesn't mean they couldn't have gone bolder and made a different choice and like I said, I think all of us would have been happy if they had. Yep. Yeah. Much I, I it, am happy for people who love Luke. Like there are people course. who cried, yeah. cried when of he came course. on screen. And I'm like, embrace that. If it sparks joy in you, that's Absolutely. fantastic. Absolutely. It just disappointed me in the moment. <laughs> yeah. It's just hard. Like once again, it's the like quintessential white hero male who just like swoops yep. right in just keeps and, going on his hero's journey like nobody's business fine other people are allowed to have a hero's journey luke skywalker can you they're like, not bo katan is not allowed to no, go yeah. on a hero's journey she's a woman that's so right. no so anyways that's it i'm gonna leave it at that and i'm really excited for a deep dive and i appreciate that you guys allow me to have this space to vent <laughs> <laughs> i think this well, is a I, good space for all of us to vent yeah. yep <laughs> And I think that's where we should end it because we're going to be saving our season three predictions for our season two roundup. So thank you so much for being here with us today and come back next time when we continue exploring the Mandalorian for one last time until season three, as well as other geeky goodies. You can enjoy us in our podcast format or YouTube. Either way, make sure to please subscribe and check out our website at bohemiangeekstudies.com where you can watch all of our episodes. Enjoy Colleen's book corner where she's reviewing Star Wars literature and contact us through email and social media. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram for a chance to win our holiday gift giveaway, which is fantastic. Flo, could you show us a piece of that prize? I will be giving you previews of things that are included in the grand prize. So today's preview is the amazing picture book. Perfect for every kid in your life. It is stunning. It's beautiful. We love it. We read it every night at my house. My daughter, Charlotte, calls it the Kevin McAllister book. So uh, she's all about it. So this is included in the grand prize. Yep. So first prize includes a Home Alone bark box, a mug, 
puzzle. I love puzzles. Magnet, book, shirt, sweater, and a freaking Funko Pop. So thank you so much for joining us. And always keep telling our other nerdy knights to join us because it really does help. Um, we'll be back after the new year with our Mandalorian final episode, doing a roundup of the second half of this season. In the meantime, we'll be releasing a holiday episode, and the BGS ladies will be finishing up Outlander Season 2. Until next time, Beskar Spears and Darksabers up, and keep those episodes streaming. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone.